Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. This evening we're going to conclude our study of the book of 1 John. So turn back in your Bibles to the book of 1 John. We're in chapter 5 uh, this this evening. 1 John chapter 5. We Now, we've been looking at 1 John in a systematic way of of understanding John's desire to tr- to reach the people of his congregation to share with them about uh, living in Christ Jesus of, of more than anything, his focus has been on Jesus Christ being the Messiah, Jesus Christ being our Savior, Jesus Christ being both fully divine and fully human and and the necessity for that. And he's he's done that by helping us to understand what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a child of God? What does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And in doing so, he gives us a very... Uh, compelling uh, uh, course of study in how we should live, how we should act, and and last uh, time that we were in First John, we uh, last week we saw that the need to keep the faith, the 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 uh, the focus on making sure that we uh, uh, keep our faith in Jesus Christ, keep our understanding of who Jesus Christ is, keep our uh, desire to follow Him. And and this all blends in with uh, uh, this desire to understand and know who Jesus Christ is, this this overall push to live uh, in Jesus Christ and live in the light. Uh, remember, John broke up the study of uh, this presentation of what does it mean to be a child of God in terms of what does it mean to be living in Jesus Christ. And he talked about uh, renouncing sin, being faithful to God, and keeping uh, our understanding of who Jesus Christ is and and uh, avoiding temptation. And then he went into uh, how, does, how does a Christian put that into practice? How does a child of God live that out? And we he kind of went over the same process of, of the same thing and keeping the faith and, and understanding... Uh, who Jesus Christ is kind of uh, was the culmination of that. Now uh, John follows that up with uh, the last emphasis and the last push, and that is uh, our confidence in knowing who we are as a Christian, our confidence in Jesus Christ. Look with me in chapter 5, beginning in uh, verse 13. He says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. See Him directing us to that confidence. We've He's written this so that we can believe in Jesus. Now, here's how we can have confidence in Jesus. Here is, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know 
that He hears us whatsoever we ask. We know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. And if any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death, and I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. What uh, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness and we know that the son of god is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true that we are in him that is true even in his son uh, jesus christ this is the true god and eternal life little children keep yourselves from idols so john's desire is is that uh, the followers of Jesus Christ in this church understand who Jesus Christ is, understand our obligation to Jesus Christ, understand what does it mean to be a child of God and what he calls living in the light, and then how to put that into practice, the practical application of being a child living in life. What does it mean? In today's terms, it would be, what does it mean to live in Jesus Christ? What does it mean to live in Jesus? Uh, What does it mean to live for Jesus? How do we live as a Christian in a society, in a world that is so overwhelmed with the desires and the personal uh, will of the individual. You realize that all that is happening in our world today, all the things that are going on in our world is all about what do I think is right? What do I think is best? What do I think is good? And make sure that you don't do anything to infringe on what somebody else thinks is right, on what somebody else thinks is good, and what somebody else thinks is best. It's not about and John here is saying life is not about making sure that you live for yourself and what other people are living. We need to understand that we live for Jesus Christ. And that's what he means by uh, abstaining from uh, the sinfulness of the world, making sure that we understand and know what temptation is and how to avoid it, understand that we as Christians live in obedience. If you're living in obedience to Jesus Christ, are you living for yourself or are you living for God? If you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, it means that we are living for Jesus, living in a relationship with God, living in a one-on-one relationship with God in such a way that we, our desire is not to live in sin, but live in Jesus Christ, live our lives in obedience in such a way that we turn away from the things of the world, that we understand uh, the desire, uh, not only that we have to stay away from the things that appeal to us, but that we need to live in obedience to God in obedience to Jesus Christ. And so John here is saying, this is how we know, this is the, the crux of what we're doing. This is why, you, uh, why I'm writing to you so that you might understand and know what it means to live in Jesus Christ, that you might know that you are a child of God. And with that comes inherent uh, 
stipulations. If you are a child of God, if you live in God, uh, in Christ Jesus, if you live as a Christian, it means that you no longer live for yourself, that you no longer live according to your own lustfulness, your own desires, your own whims, the things that, that would carry you away. He says, but instead you live as a child of God, and as such, you have certain responsibilities to be uh, to be sure that you stay away from these things. He says, "This is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us." Now, a selfish, self-indulgent individual might say, "Well, okay, if we're in a relationship with God." And God hears us when we pray that He'll answer anything that we ask of Him. Then I can ask God for anything. God, I want a million dollars. God, I want a a big house on a hillside. God, I want a fancy car that I can drive all over the place. God, I want this. God, I want that. Well, that's not what it means to be in a relationship with God. That's not what it means to have a a right relationship with God. What it means is is that... um, if you are a child of God and you're in a relationship with God, then you have a proper communion with God. You have proper relationship with God. He says, I'm writing these things so you can believe on, on uh, His name that you would have eternal life. And He's saying, you're, when, you, when He talks about asking whatever you will of God, He's talking about the eternal life. He's talking about the relationship with God. He says, this is the confidence you have in having a relationship with God. And then He goes into asking anything. So He's talking about that you have eternal life if you ask in confidence that for eternal life that God will hear us and He knows us and and if we know that He hears us when we ask for eternal life, that when we ask of it, uh, that we uh, desire of of God that relationship with Him. Uh, you don't you don't come to God and 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 say that you want all those other things because you understand. Your relationship to God is such that you that God will take care of your needs. That you don't have to pray for the the whimsical things like a lot of money, a big house, a nice car, because you understand and know that those are superficial with God. That that God has so much great. You know, if I you know. There used to be a program on TV, and I think it may still be on. I don't know. Uh, that was called Let's Make a Deal. You remember that show? And the the host would go up to different people and he'd, he'd start off by uh, giving them some th- a kind of, of gift. He, you can have what's in this pocket or what's in this pocket. Well, in this pocket is $50. Now, you want to trade what's uh, this $50 that you have in your hand for this box that this uh, nice lady's bringing out. Well, if you take that box, well, do you want to trade it for one of those uh, things behind the the curtain or behind uh, the wall over there and it was all about making a better deal because you were okay well we got this we've got the nice bread maker do i want to risk getting a goat over here behind the curtain or do i want to stick with the bread maker or do i uh, or there might be a possibility there might be a brand new car back there it was all about 
getting good things from me. But the whole idea was is you, had, you were winning something. You didn't know if it was something you really wanted or something you didn't want, like the goat. Uh, some folks out here might want the goat instead, <laughs> instead of the bread maker. But um, uh, anyway, it, it was all about making a better deal, making a deal with, uh, with uh, Monty about uh, this thing or that thing or whatever and seeing if there's something better back here. With God, you know that everything He offers you is good. Everything that He has for you is uh, is good. And the thing that God has for you that's great is eternal life. The bread maker, the the goat, the the riding lawnmower, all those things are nice, but it pales in comparison to what God has for you, and it's no secret. It's not hidden behind a screen. It's not hidden behind a curtain. It's not behind a different door it's eternal life and you know what God has for you and it's the greatest gift of all everything else in the world pales a nice car uh, a a lot of money uh, a a wonderful home all those things are great but it pales into comparison what God has to offer us and that's eternal life And, and John says look you know that you can have eternal life because anything you ask of God, he's, He'll give you. And, and that's the one thing that, that you can't get from anyone else. You can't get eternal life from, uh, from Joe down the street. You can't get eternal life by working really hard at your job and saving up your money. You can't get eternal life by doing a lot of good things and and hoping people recognize the fact that you're charitable or that you uh, work hard to help people out. Eternal life only comes from God and eternal life only comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Eternal life is the greatest gift and it's a gift that God's willing to give you. And so all you have to do is, is... ask of God and he's more than happy to give it to you. Why? Because you're in a relationship with God. You're in a relationship that goes beyond just simply uh, creator to created. You're in a relationship of creator God who is the father and creation that is now a part of the family of God, a child of God, a son of God. And uh, you are in a relationship to where God desires to give you everything that uh, uh, that is the best of all. And that is eternal life, salvation, uh, eternity with him. And so John is saying, look, uh, you know that you're going to have it because God desires to give it to you. And what you may, uh, what you ask of God, he's willing to give to you and he desires to give it to you. So why in verse 16 does God begin to talk about, I mean, John began to talk about sin unto death. Why is it that John begins to talk about these different sins? There's a sin unto death and there's a sin not unto death. Why is John talking about that? And this is the hard part to understand what John is doing here. He's not making another point about salvation. What he's trying to do is to help us to understand our primary responsibility is our relationship to God. And he's talking about our uh, line of communication with God, prayer. And what he's talking about here is about uh, the fact that the most important thing we need to remember is, is to keep our relationship to God clear so that we can have a proper prayer life with, with God. And so what he does is he's bringing up the sin unto death and the sin that's not unto death 
to talk about prayer. It's about prayer. It's not about the sin, okay? When you read through here, it seems as though John is getting off on a tangent about sin. And what he's really doing is is he's using sin as an illustration for an example of talking about prayer. Okay, he's using this as a way of uh, like I did a few minutes ago about let's make a deal. My sermon's not about let's make a deal. My sermon is about the fact that God wants to give us something so great. And it's and I used it as a way of, of talking about how God wants to give us the greatest gift of all. He's not trying to, to give us a, a lousy gift over here of, you know, a bowl of of earwax or something like that he's wanting to give us the greatest gift of all and that is eternal life salvation a relationship to him and i use that as an illustration of of how god wants to give us eternal life john here is using the sin praying for someone who is is in uh, a sinful situation as a way of talking about our prayer life and about our relationship with God in terms of prayer. And he says, and remember, he just told you, he just told his readers that if we'll ask anything of God, he's he's more than happy to give it to us. If we ask anything of God, our greatest uh, cry out to God is about salvation, about eternal life. Our greatest desire is to cry out to God, Abba, Father, and have God respond to us in terms of giving us this great gift of salvation. And now he's talking about this one who's called in sin. And he says, if you know somebody who has uh, a brother who is gone into sin and he's he kind of splits up this idea of a sin unto death and a sin that's not unto death um now what we have to to understand here is that john is talking about he's talking about someone who's caught up in a sin that is what's the distinction between sin unto death and sin that's not unto death well, I could wax uh, uh, theological about a lot of different things about uh, uh, the unpardonable sin, about sin unto death, about different things. But what John is trying to convey to us is, is he's talking about a person who at time to time yields to temptation and falls into sin. John would describe that as a sin not unto death. This is not a intentional uh direct sin that someone says you know i think i'm going to go out and rob a bank there's uh sin that is sin that you plan out and kind of like what you would the distinctions between um murder and involuntary manslaughter in our judicial system when someone accident uh, when someone is involved in an accident and an accident that you did not intend to have say in your car and it results in the driver of the other car unfortunately losing their life because of an accident you were involved in if you're at fault for the accident you may be in some instances charged with manslaughter okay 
that means that you're uh, inadvertently you uh, were involved in a situation that resulted in someone losing their life. Our legal system has uh, a, a valve for determining guilt in terms of well, this person was involved in something and and because of that, it resulted in the death of this individual. Well, that's not murder because they didn't premeditate it. They didn't uh, have a motive for it and there was no malice in it. If there are all those things, then our legal system calls that murder. John here is, is making distinction between sin as sin unto death and sin that's not a result of death. And it's kind of uh, in that same vein of a sin not unto death would be a Christian who's living their life as best they know how and from time to time uh, because of the weakness of the flesh they they happen to yield to temptation and find themselves in a sin. John would classify that as a sin not unto death. And he's and then there's the sin unto death, which would be someone who it becomes a Christian and they say, well, I don't care what uh, the Bible says. Uh, now I've got grace. I can go out here and I can rob banks. I can uh, uh, be uh, mean and ugly to people. I can say all kinds of things against my friends, my neighbors, my co-workers. I can be... Uh, uh, all kinds of things, do all these different things, and God's going to forgive me because I've got grace. Those are willful sins. Those are sin. That's a sinful behavior that uh, that John says is an intentional sin, and he classifies that as a more grievous sin in terms of a sin unto death. Now, he's not saying don't pray for that individual that is uh, in that type of sin. He's just classifying it differently because John is from a particular time that sees this from the Jewish background of of parsing out sin. Now. Now, we understand and know from study of God's Word that all sin to God is sin. Sin is sin. But he's trying to get at a point of, well, if you're a child of God, if you are... uh, if you're in Christ Jesus, then you ought to be someone who has an open relationship with God, uh, open communication with God, that you pray to God about your salvation, and you ought to be about praying for those who are involved in sin, those who are dealing with sin in their life. Um, He's saying, verse 17, all sin is is, uh, unrighteousness, and uh, but he says, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come, and hath given us an understanding that we may know him uh, that is true, and that we are in him that is true, even... Uh, um, in his son Jesus Christ this is true is is the true god and eternal life he's saying as children of god we ought to pray for those who are caught up in sin as children of god we ought to be about making sure that our life is focused on our relationship to god 
not being involved in sin, but keeping ourselves pure before God so that we might pray for those who are involved in sin, pray for those who are caught up in sin, pray for those who are sinning uh, from time to time and find themselves uh, uh, falling uh, to temptation. Understand that we too might do that also. But also pray for those who are literally involved in and what he's saying sin unto death are those who are sinning and have no relationship to God they're sinning and they're not saved and don't have a relationship to God he questions the fact that if they call themselves children of God they shouldn't be involved in that sin so we ought to pray for them as well and we ought to understand that that because of our relationship with God that we should not have a desire to be involved in those sins and that we ought to have a prayer life of praying uh, about the needs of those who are all around us, praying for those who are involved in sin, praying for uh, each other as Christians that we might not be involved in sin and praying for those individuals who are so caught up in sin that they might find themselves uh, in eternal death by not having Jesus Christ in their life. And so this all is, is centered upon our relationship to God. We are a child of God, and as such, we are a son of God, and as such, we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, uh, our Savior. And because of that, we have the confidence and understanding of knowing that we have eternal life, John says. And because we have that relationship with God, we ought not to be boastful, we ought not to be uh, conceited, be mindful of the fact that John is living during a time, and, and we know this to be true even to this day. There are some people that say, you know, well, I'm a Christian, so I can't do anything wrong. I'm a Christian. I don't have anything to worry about. I, and they go about their business of life and claiming, you know, all the time, well, I'm a Christian. I don't really sin. And John's saying, look, we ought to pray for our brothers and understand that, that we uh, ought to have a desire to live a righteous life before God because we're not involved. Uh, we ought not to be involved in sin because of our relationship to God. Pray for those who are. Pray for those who are lost in sin. Pray for the... And really, uh, you know, this kind of goes along with our discipleship training that we've talked about reaching out to people in our community, having a burden for those who are lost, having a desire to share the gospel message with people and finding all kinds of different ways of, of being outwardly focused, of reaching those who are lost. Well, we have to have a burden for those who are lost. And John's saying as Christians, as people who have a relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus Christ ought to have uh, cause us to have... A, a burden for those who are lost, a burden for those who are in, 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 in you know, a burden for those who are having trouble with temptation and sin, uh, uh, having a desire to pray for those who are having difficulty living as children of God and praying for those who are not a child of God and don't have a relationship with God. So this is John's focus is um, we are God's children. We are God's children because we have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. He came and paid the penalty for our sin so that we too might have a relationship with God. And because we have that relationship with God, it means that we uh, uh, renounce sin in our life, that we uh, 
seek to follow after God in obedience and we keep the faith. We do that by making sure that our relationship with God is such that we can serve God through reaching out to those who are lost in sin, making sure that we pray for others. This is the culmination of what John has been writing about all along here to these people uh, in this church is their need to, uh, to understand who Jesus Christ is, understand salvation comes through Him, and our relationship with God is through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and we become children of God as well. Let's join together for prayer and ask God to bless us as we go. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we just thank You so much for this relationship that we have with You. We thank You for the gift of of Your love. And we praise You for the fact that You've given us a, a, a detailed look on how we can live as Your children, how we live as a child of God, how we live in the light of Jesus Christ, and how we live as Your Uh, sons and daughters. Lord, we pray that you'd help us to walk in your way, to live as as you would have us to live. And Lord, help us to be uh, uh, concerned with those who are without Christ in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.